You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to help you plan that unbelievable travel experience. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. Welcome to First Bite, our Pride of Detroit preview podcast for the Detroit Lions. We are Pride of Detroit, the SB Nation blog about the Detroit Lions, part of the SB Nation network. My name is Jeremy Reisman. I am the managing editor over at Pride of Detroit. And with me tonight to start previewing the Detroit Lions week 11 matchup against the Dallas Cowboys, we have my co-host, Ryan Matthews, Ryan underscore POD on Twitter. Ryan, how are we doing tonight? I'm super excited to be doing a podcast about this football team. <laughs> I, I can sense the sarcasm from here. It, it hurts. It I'm hurts. Tr- I'm trying to keep spirits high when it seems like everything is so damn bleak these days. <laughs> Doesn't it feel like this team is a lot worse than three five and one? Because when you look at that record, three five and one, it's not good. You win only half your games, but it it's not like not. Bengals bad. No, I, I totally agree. It's not it's not terrible, but do you know what could make it look terrible? The Playing Cowboys. the Dallas Cowboys. <laughs> <laughs> that's that's probably true, and it probably doesn't help the fact that the Lions have lost four of the last five. But we'll, we're not going to talk about the Lions to, to start this podcast, because as we like to do, we like to bring in someone from the opposing side of you to get their viewpoint, not only of their team, but a little bit of the Lions as well. And with us this week, we have Dave Halpern, the editor-in-chief over at Blogging the Boys. Dave, how are you doing tonight? Hey, I'm doing really good, and that's not sarcasm. <laughs> you, yes, you and the Dallas Cowboys tend to be doing uh, a little bit better than the Lions right now. Uh, well, they're at fi- I just meant personally. personally oh, okay. Me. <laughs> well, that's and good, not, too. Because of last week's game, I'm not so happy, but personally, I'm doing good. That's fair, and uh, we, we don't appreciate the fact that you guys didn't beat the Minnesota Vikings, not that uh, the Lions are really going to be in contention this year or not, but a little help always uh, goes a little little ways here, but let's, let's talk about the Dallas Cowboys, because they're an interesting team. They're 5-4, they're, and four. they're they're tied for first in the NFC East, um, they're a team that on paper looks really, really good, and it, they have for the last couple of years, but the inconsistencies are there. Uh, I, I guess let's just start there, Dave. Uh, what what do you make of this year's Cowboys team? Because they seem like they have all the talent in the world, yet 5-4 and four is obviously not that impressive. Yeah, we should be a lot better record than we have right now. I mean, when I look at this team, especially on offense, we got weapons everywhere. We got a very high-class offensive line. Dak Prescott is playing the best he's ever played since he's been in the league. I mean, just everything there. And even on defense, you know, we have some 
players that can make plays. We do have some talent across the defense. When you look at all that, we should be doing a lot better than we are. But we have just been making mistakes. I mean, it runs the gamut of mistakes, too. It's, you know, it's penalties. It's fumbles, turnovers. It's bad tackling at inopportune times. It's just a, I mean, you can just run the gamut of things that will kill a football team, and we've done them at some time during this season. So it's just, it's really hard to get a grasp on where we're going to be week to week. I want to I want to start diving into the specifics and and specifically let's start with the offense because obviously a huge disappointment in 2018. I mean, you want to talk about a talented team that didn't live up to expectations. That 2018 team, even though they made the playoffs, the offense was struggling. I think they were something like 20th in points scored with pretty much the same cast uh, that they have now. The, the the Cowboys, obviously, maybe their biggest move of the offseason is is hiring Kellen Moore as their new offensive coordinator. Um, talk to us about the job that he's done and maybe things that are different about this Cowboys offense that have made them a lot more successful than they were last year. Well, there's one thing about last year that people have to remember. There was the Cowboys pre-Amari Cooper, mm-hmm. and then there was the Cowboys post-Amari Cooper, and those were two different teams. Sure. Um, I don't know what the Raiders were doing with Amari Cooper <laughs> over there. I can't figure that one out. But that guy is unbelievable. Yeah. And he has changed this team. So when he came into the picture last year, um, at one point we reached three and five on the season. It looked like everything was over. And then things took off. And we just went like seven and one down the stretch. We won against Seattle. We hung in there against the Rams. We made that a game in the playoffs. So the team, once Amari Cooper showed up, was a very different football team than it was pre his time. So that's one thing that's different from last year in some sense of the beginning of the last year to the end of last year. And then, as you mentioned, Kellen Moore. And Kellen Moore's done a lot of great things, which you know, we got rid of an old friend of your guy, Scott Lanahan there, and uh, things had become stale under him. People knew what the Cowboys' offense was going to do. It was really all about our players are going to beat your players. There wasn't really this new offensive, you know, scheming of where I'm going to scheme my players into open positions and, and give them opportunities based on, you know, pre-snap motion, RPOs, you know, bunch routes, rub routes, all that kind of stuff, spreading them out and then running, you know, on the, when you have them spread out and the opportunities are good with them in the box, all of that kind of stuff that you see with modern offenses, we were not doing. We are now doing that under Kellen Moore. So it's a really different look for us. It's a different feel. And if you look at the stats for the Cowboys offense, it's really been successful. Yeah. I mean, when you look at, you know, from just regular volume stats or scoring stats all the way down to your analytics, you know, all the different kind, DVOA, all that kind of stuff, the Cowboys offense is right up there at the top, you know, all these things. So we've been moving the ball. Occasionally we score a lot of points, but sometimes we just have these games where for whatever reason, as I talked about before, we do stupid stuff or we just turn the ball over or for some reason 
We decide it's time to run the ball when it's really not time to run the ball. And it's, it's, it's a weird mishmash of things that are holding us back. But overall, the offense is very potent. Well, correct me if I'm wrong, Ryan, but it kind of sounds like all Kellen Moore needed was a chance. I, I cannot argue with you there. <laughs> he finally got his chance, and look at what he's doing. He's flourishing. He's prospering. That's fantastic. I'm, I'm really happy for you, Dave, because I, I was worried that the Cowboys would be scared about trading first-round picks for wide receivers after they did it to get Roy Williams. But Amari Cooper <laughs> truly, truly is a get for the Dallas Cowboys. And, and and their offense, like you said, it has been potent, but it has run into its fair share of problems. But real quick, what, what what's going on with the defense? Because it seems like that seems to be the big problem with the Cowboys right now is uh, defensively, they are just not up to snuff. I mean, their offense, like you mentioned, their offensive line is, is one of the best in football. I think it ranks third in DVOA. Um, but, but their defense, um, it really seems to be kind of the missing link from this uh, ranked, 20th in DVOA, um, 18th in uh, pass defense, uh, slightly uh, slightly worse in, in or slightly better in rush defense at, at, at 15th. But what is it about what is it about Dallas's defense that hasn't been getting it done this year? Well, I feel like the number one thing that has happened to the Dallas defense is last year our linebackers were phenomenal. And this year, they have forgotten how to tackle. They have forgotten how to read the play, get in the right gap, and make the stop. I mean, Jalen Smith and Leighton Vander Esch were playing phenomenal football last year. Yeah. I mean, people talked about, oh, my God, you know, Leighton Vander Esch, I can't believe they picked him at number 19 overall with our first round, you know. But then he came in and played when Sean Lee got hurt, which is an annual occurrence, by the way. Mm-hmm. And he came in and played, and it was unbelievable. I mean, the guy was sideline to sideline. He was running people down. He was making tackles. Jalen Smith finally getting over the knee injury, starting to look like the player we all thought he was going to be before the injury coming out of Notre Dame. This year, those guys are just not playing well. I mean. Dalvin Cook was just killing them. I mean, I mean, he's killed a lot of people. I, I granted that. I mean, he just—they just looked terrible. And Sean Lee was playing a lot, and he didn't look good. So we have, for some reason, those guys are not playing as well as they did last year. And the other problem we have—we have this weird thing, and it's mainly with one of our quarterbacks, Jadobe Awuzie. Um, He's a great cover guy. I mean, if he run a route, he'll run right with you. But when the ball's in the air, he never finds the ball. So quarterbacks throw it. You're like, oh, he's right there. He's going to make a play. He's going to pass defense. He's going to get an interception. Something's going to happen. Nope. He never looks for the ball. Another completion. So we've just got, you know, some players who are not living up to what they were and the defense played really well in spots last year, but this year, yeah. But the pass rush is still pretty good. That part's pretty good. Our defensive tackles, again, for the run defense, not great. They're okay, but they're not great. So we're just, you know, I, th- I feel like on that side, the talent is not living up to what they could be. Well, speaking of not living up to expectations, 
I want to talk about one specific game on the Dallas' schedule because since they've been such an inconsistent team, I mean, you look at their wins and they're typically over not so great teams. You got two wins over the Giants, a win over the Redskins, a win over the Dolphins. And then you have losses to really good teams, the Saints, the Packers, the Vikings. And then there's one outlier that doesn't make any sense, and we have to talk about it because it's a bad team that beat the Cowboys, and the Lions are a bad team, so they have the blueprint for how the Lions are going to win this week. What happened against the Jets? How did Sam Darnold become the best quarterback in the league that week? Well, I mean, he actually, he played okay. He wasn't great. (laughs) Um, (laughs) I mean, they only scored, I don't know, what was it, 22, 24 points, something. That's right, 24 to 22, yep. Yeah, 24, 22. Um, you know, that's, a, I mean, again, that's, that game is kind of emblematic of the problem with the Cowboys. Mm-hmm. There's not one thing you can turn to to that game and say, that was the problem. You know, it was breakdowns. I mean, at one point, we got them pinned back on their eight-yard line, you know. We're thinking, okay, good, you stop them here, you make them punt. Boom, they throw a 92-yard touchdown on us. Yeah. I mean, and you're just like, and again, like I was talking about the secondary, they were just out of position. They just let the guy go right by. It's almost like they didn't know what defense they were in. And boom, you know, everything turns around. So it's just things like that constantly that we're doing. And then it's turnovers and, you know, it's penalties. It's holding penalties. It's personal fouls after the play. It's just ridiculously dumb mistakes spread out through a lot of really good play. Now, on that day, we didn't really play good overall, obviously. We kind of we made it a game. We kind of got back in it late, and we, you know, tried to, to do it. But, again, it's, it's almost like there's not a single game plan to beating the Cowboys. It's almost like you wait for them to self-destruct, then take advantage. <laughs> oh, man, that sounds familiar. Self-destruction, at least. Uh <laughs> Let's uh, before before we get to our break and, and head into the matchup portion of this preview, I want to talk some injury news. Um, the the heart of this Cowboys defense or this Cowboys team, I should say, in general for the past who knows how many years has been the offensive line, and they're entering this week pretty beat up on the offensive line. Um, Connor Williams, the starting left guard, looks like he's undergoing surgery, probably won't play in this game. But you also have right guard Zach Martin and right tackle Al Collins battling through injuries of their own. Um, Dave, I just I, I'm not going to ask you to speculate on on any of those injuries or anything, but how concerned are you about the the Cowboys' offensive line going forward because of all these kind of lingering issues with uh, with health? Well, I mean, there's definitely some concern. The Connor Williams injury, not as bad. I mean, mm-hmm. Connor Williams. If you're looking for the weak link on the Cowboys' offensive line, it's Connor Williams. Mm-hmm. I mean, he, he's a young guy. He's a second year guy. He's learning. He's building an an NFL body for guard, which he didn't have coming out of college. He was definitely not the size you wanted for an NFL guard. He's putting on weight and muscle. So all of that's getting better. But he's, you know, he's really just an okay NFL player. And we have backup Xavier Suafilo, who played last year played games last year in place of Connor Williams when he was hurt and even when he was healthy, played some games. And he played well. He did okay. So that one's not too bad because you feel like you have a pretty decent replacement that's not going to change the dynamic. Um, Zach Martin I would expect to play because he's been playing all year with these injuries. 
So it's just kind of one of those things where each week he seems to pick up a new injury, but it just keeps going. <laughs> now, Lau Collins out on the edge, that's a concern. If he can't go, our backup's Cameron Fleming, who's had some good, some bad days in his time with Dallas, but he's also coming off of injury, been out the last few weeks. So if he had to play, he's rusty. He's probably not up to 100%. So that would be the one that I'd really be concerned about because Collins has played outstanding right tackle this year. I mean, he's really been good. He's elevated his game. So if he can't go, that's a big problem. All right, and uh, Ryan, the, the lines don't have any significant injuries, right? So we can just skip that part? <laughs> yeah, what's the story there? Is he going to play or not? <laughs> Who knows? Uh, <laughs> I mean, Matthew Stafford didn't practice on Wednesday. At this point, I would expect him not to play, but um, you, you never know with, with Stafford because dude's a trooper, and he, I know for a fact he loves playing the Cowboys, so this would be a tough week for him to sit out if, uh, if he has to, but at this point, not looking good. Okay. How do you feel about that, Ryan? You you confident in Driscoll Mania? I'm the least confident person <laughs> in Driscoll Mania, and I hate that we even just like coined a term <laughs> or a turn of phrase. That's terrible. I don't. You, you want, wanna... I don't want that thing to run rampant at all. Come up with another one right now. <laughs> Why give that much energy to Jeff Driscoll? You're ruining things. Why? Because because <laughs> we're gonna get Colin Kaepernick next week. Is that is that why? Yeah, I'm in. <laughs> uh, I, I saw you guys. Weren't you guys like the number one or number two odds or something? I saw. Yeah, somewhere. there's there's some <laughs> odd site that has the the lines as the number one thing. I'm I'm yeah. not buying it based based on what Matt Patricia said today about Jeff Triscoll. He he seems to really like what he saw on on Sunday. So uh, I'm that's all tongue in cheek for any listeners that thought I was being serious. <laughs> Uh, but with that, let's uh, let's head to break. Uh, when we come back, we'll talk matchups. We'll talk about what might benefit the Lions in this matchup, what might not look so good on paper, and get into all that and do some predictions when we come back. So stick around. Vacations can be tricky. You already know how to book flights and hotels, but now the only thing you're missing is, you know, the actual travel experience. Because is it really a vacation if you're just sitting around like you would at home? You need a tool to get the most out of your time away. That's where Viator steps in. You can book guided tours, activities, excursions, and more in one place to make your trip truly unforgettable. Viator has over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from. Everything from simple tours to extreme adventures and all the niche, interesting stuff in between. So you can plan something that everyone you're traveling with will enjoy. Real traveler reviews give the inside scoop from people who already been on the experiences you're considering. So you can plan with confidence. Free cancellation helps you plan for the unexpected. And 24-7 customer support means you can travel worry-free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator. And we are back with First Bite, the Detroit Lions preview podcast. This week we're previewing 
Week 11, Lions versus Cowboys. We've got Dave Halperin over from Blogging the Boys to help us give us the Cowboys breakdown. Now it's time to do some analysis because we're, we still care about the season and, and this game, right? Yes, we do. I, I don't do. know if I'm asking you guys a question. <laughs> yes, you still do, Dave. You, you're allowed to care about the season still. Uh, but yeah, okay. let's get into some some matchup stuff. Um, Ryan, I, I want you to kick off. What what matchup in this uh, in this game are you intrigued by and want to know more about? Ooh, see, I don't know if I would use the word intrigued, but the <laughs> matchup that I am most. Um, <laughs> most ready to be over with is Ezekiel Elliott versus the Lions rush defense. Okay. Um, and I think specifically because Ezekiel Elliott is very good. The Cowboys offensive line is very good and the Detroit Lions rush defense is not very good. So I see this as maybe being one of the most lopsided mismatches that the Lions have had to encounter maybe all season long, because even if you think back to the chiefs game, their past defense was playing pretty well to counter, uh, you know, a Patrick Mahomes-led attack. Or even if you want to throw out um, maybe the Minnesota game um, and and Dalvin Cook, I think like Ezekiel Elliott and the Cowboys offensive line is at an, an entirely different level. So Dave, I know Elliott missed time, and it was kind of a little bit of a slow start to the season for him, but does it seem like the Cowboys are getting their feet, um, you know, right in this Kellen Moore-led rushing attack? Well, they were. I mean, everything looked good. Everything was progressing well. Zeke had ripped off a string of 100-yard games against the Giants the week before. I mean, every run he did was six, seven yards. So it was just like a constant boom. We're ahead of the chains. We're ahead of the chains. We're picking up first downs. And then we played the Vikings. Mm -hmm. And we couldn't run the ball for our life. Neither could we. Yeah, they just killed us. Yeah, neither can and, a lot of people. <laughs> yes. So we got down there. I mean, I don't know if you guys watched that game, but we got down there at the end, decided for some reason on second and two at the you know six-yard line or whatever, and going for the winning touchdown at the end of the game, we decided to run it twice with Zeke, and we lose three yards on combined two plays. So Cowboys Nation is in an uproar. Right, and they're mad at Jason Garrett. They're mad at Kellen Moore. They're like, "Why are you running the ball there when the Vikings couldn't cover us for their life?" I mean, Amari Cooper, Randall Cobb, Michael Gallup—they were killing the Vikings, and we decided to run the ball. So I'm almost wondering if there's going to be a backlash, recoil from our, you know, coaching staff this week that says we are going to throw the ball and throw it all the time. I don't know. I mean, if we can run the ball with Zeke, that's obviously what we like to do. It sets everything else up, makes life much easier, and everything was working great on that. But last week, the confidence in the running game just, I mean, evaporated. We could not believe how we could not run the ball. We'll see if that's, you know, a Viking-specific situation or have people kind of started to figure out what Kellen Moore is doing and zeroing in on it? I don't know. Or were the Vikings just committed to stopping the run and allowing the pass to happen? It's hard to say, so we'll see what happens. But in general, it's been pretty good. But the Cowboys are not as reliant on Ezekiel Elliott on offense as they have been in the past. 
Kellen Moore has opened up the offense. We're using the, the wide receivers, even the tight ends to some extent, a little bit more. We're allowing Dak to do more uh, in the passing game, and he's excelling in that. So the running it with, a, with Zeke is not like it was the past few years where that was like the offense and everything kind of worked off of that. It's a little bit more varied now. There's there's a couple interesting things about this matchup uh, in terms of the run de- the Lions run defense versus the Cowboys run offense. One I think is that literally every defensive tackle on the Lions roster is currently on the injury report. Um, they they just put uh, Kevin Strong on IR. Deshaun Hand is still missing practice. John Atkins is limited with a wrist. Damon Harrison and Ashawn Robinson they're both full at practice, but they're still going through their respective injuries that they've kind of been going through. So it's not a healthy Lions defense. It hasn't been particularly good against the run, but I think it's been a little bit better than, than some people give credit for. It was, it was fine against the Bears last week, but you brought up the, the Cowboys pass offense. To me, this is an even bigger mismatch because you look at how the Lions pass defense has been playing in the past four games, 141 passer rating to the Vikings, 120 passer rating to the Giants, 116 passer rating to the Raiders, 131 passer rating to Mitchell Trubisky. Ooh. Yikes. Ooh. And you're talking to me about the Jets game? That's <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> <laughs> and so, and, and I think this is probably the best set of receivers the Lions have seen all year. I mean, Amari Cooper and Michael Gallup alone are probably the best duo that they've seen, um, maybe aside from the Vikings game, but in that game, Thielen left early. So, I mean, I don't know how the Lions match up, uh, how, how they even stand a chance in this matchup. Because to me, We've seen the secondary struggle lately. Um, it looks like they might be without Tracy Walker again this week. So on the back end, they're going to be young, young and inexperienced. Ryan, talk me off the ledge here. Like, is there any chance the Lions stop Dak Prescott on Sunday? I don't know if they're going to have to stop Dak Prescott because I don't know if it's going to get to that point. Because <laughs> they're only you know going to I mean? throw it 15 times. <clears throat> I, I think that if you are a competent offensive coordinator, you use the run game to open up everything in the passing game yeah. against this Lions defense. So, I mean, I don't, it, if the Lions can put together some sort of rush defense, I don't know. My, my, my thoughts aren't too optimistic about the Lions back end stopping Dak Prescott, but I just, I truly don't think we're going to get to that point because the Lions, like I said, while they've played a really good running back and really good rushing attack and Dalvin Cook and the Vikings, I think Elliott and the Cowboys are just, um, I think they're one notch above above that rushing attack. So, um, I don't know. Maybe Dak's hips will take him to some even greater form of success than, than last week. Has, has there been a team that's been able to slow Dak Prescott Dave, and, and if so, is, is there a key to doing that, or is it just kind of like everything else, you just kind of wait for him to potentially make a, st- a mistake? Because I believe he has eight or nine interceptions on the year, which isn't great, but um, but everything yeah. else seems to be rolling when he's not throwing interceptions. Right. Well, that's because Dak uh, Prescott, it's kind of this new thing, you know, it's Kellen Moore, but it's also John Kitna, um, mm-hmm. who's the quarterback coach now, and you know, his kind of, his philosophy to Dak is basically be see it, rip it, you know. Mm-hmm. And Dak used to be accused of a lot of check down. And he did do a lot of check down. And they didn't use the middle of the field a lot. 
And, you know, they only took their shots downfield occasionally. And John Kitna said, no, don't do that. Throw it. If you see it, throw it. And um, that has led to a much more explosive offense for the Cowboys in terms of big plays and hitting the deep ball or hitting the, you know, 15, 20 yard over the middle kind of things. But it's also led to the interceptions. It's led to Dak getting greedy sometimes. Now, he does have a couple, like he has a, there's one thing that you can say about on the negative side about the Cowboys wide receivers. And that's that they drop too many passes. And so Dak has had passes go off guys' hands right into the defenders. I think he's thrown two, maybe two, three, no, just two Hail Mary interceptions at the end of halves or games. Mm-hmm. So, so you get probably about half of his interceptions are either Hail Marys or balls bouncing off of receivers into the defenders' hands. So the interceptions, while it's there, and he is taking a lot more chances with the ball this year, he's going downfield a lot more, things like that. The interception stats a little bit inflated when you look at what's actually happened. So there's not really, I mean, against the Saints, we really struggled. We had a lot of problems. Um you know, and of course, it's basically the same thing. If you can get pressure on the quarterback, it changes the game, right? Yeah. Yep. And that's the thing, you know, but Dak's very good about avoiding pressure, rolling out, throwing on the run. He does these things really well. So if you kind of keep him in the pocket, push up the middle, that's what you want to do, get in his face, don't allow him to plant, don't let him to fall through, things like that. But this, uh, when the receivers are catching the ball, it's really hard to stop this Cowboys passing attack. All right, let's uh, let's switch it over to when the Lions have the ball. I don't want to take a ton of time on this because it's sad and depressing because, as we mentioned before, Matthew Stafford probably not going to play in this game, uh, which means it's Jeff Driscoll time, which means the one good thing that was going for this Lions team is not going to be out there on Sunday. I don't even know where to start with with <laughs> with Jeff Driscoll in the game, with Ty Johnson, with Carryon Johnson, with every off we- offensive weapon that isn't uh, Kenny Galladay or or Marvin Jones out. Uh, what is the Lions' game plan here, Ryan? I don't. I like on offense. What do you do here? Well, so naturally, what I would normally say would be what Matt Patricia has always said: establish the run. Yeah, but in addition to missing their franchise quarterback, they're also missing their first string running back, their second string running back, their second string running back, really the third string too, because Trey Carson is on IR. Yeah, I mean, I was even going to take it further because I was going to say C.J. Anderson, who started the season as their number two back, also not a part of the team anymore. Yeah, the the Lions, in, in I guess in short, have used a lot of different running backs and. I don't even know if their running attack is something that they can rely on, especially the health of Rick Wagner kind of up in the air. Yep. Um, you don't really know how the Lions offense is going to skin this cat, but like I, I don't even know, much like skinning a cat, it's worth watching. 
<laughs> I, well, I think you're probably right in that, especially in in how it would help the defense to to bleed clock. You know, kind of play how they did towards the end of last season, which is you know these long drawn out offensive possessions to limit getting scored on so much on defense. Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Dave, is is that a, a possible? I mean, you talked about the poor linebacker play that the Cowboys have had. Yeah. Has that resulted in maybe a, a leaky defense in terms of of stopping the run? Yeah, I think what you want to do against the Cowboys is teams that have had success against the Cowboys are, in an overall view, are using the Cowboys' aggressiveness against them. Mm-hmm. So, for instance, last week the Vikings screen ran screens to Dalvin Cook and just destroyed the Cowboys because the Cowboys are overrunning plays. Their linebackers are, you know, biting hard on coming forward or, you know, things like that. Uh, the defensive line's not paying attention to what's going on and just trying to get to the quarterback. And so a lot of over-aggressive play. So if you've got things in your arsenal like screens and if you're running, you know, some kind of different kind of trap plays through the middle where you go ahead and let the defensive tackle get some penetration and then run underneath him, get your guys to the second level on the linebackers. Things like that have worked pretty well on the Cowboys. So I think you, you kind of, you know, Cowboys are a very aggressive, fast defense. So you got to use that against them. You got to get them out of position. You got to try things where they're going to be, you know, going to one side, maybe screen it to the backside or, you know, these things. And, the Cowboys will also give up things over the middle. So I also look at that. Uh, the Vikings tight ends were get, were really, you know, six, eight yards a pop over the middle because we weren't playing very well there. But I think for the most part, that's you really want to kind of figure out plays, misdirection, screens, trap blocking, things like that where you're using – the Cowboys' aggressive nature against them. Interesting. I, I wouldn't say that the screen pass is necessarily a staple of the Lions' offense. They're really more of a, a kind of deep passing team, which relies on amount of time for their quarterback, so that they might have to switch up their strategy quite a bit this week. Yeah, you but don't uh, want to do that. The Cowboys' yeah. pass rush, with Michael Bennett added in, yeah. has become pretty fierce. Demarcus yeah. Lawrence, Michael Bennett, Robert Quinn, it's, it's a pretty good pass rush. You don't want to sit back and try to hit the long ball a lot. Right. Mm. And it, it's interesting because I, I believe the, the sack numbers aren't all that high for the Dallas Cowboys. But if you go by ESPN's pass rush win rate, the Dallas Cowboys are number one. So it's definitely yeah, a threat. They're always getting pressure. They're always yeah. getting pressure. And the sacks are coming now. They didn't against the Vikings, but the past few games before that, the sacks have started to come. So... Um, but the pressure has always been there. You're moving the quarterback off a spot. You're forcing him to release it early, things like that. So the long passing game is probably not where you want to go. All right. I think it's time for the predictions. Time for the segment we like to call the one thing we think we know, where we make a prediction, not the prediction, about what is going to happen on Sunday. Uh, Ryan, I think I'm going to let you kick things off. This week, what is the one thing you think you know about Lions Cowboys? I always get the chance to kick things off, which means I'm always ready for these things. And <laughs> well, you should you should defer. You should take it. In the second half. <laughs> See, this is the thing. Like, I don't even get a coin toss. 
<clears throat> so I don't, I don't, I don't even oh. get. I, I have no choice in this decision. Whatever. Oh, okay. <clears throat> that would be the fair way to do things here, Dave. But we don't always do things the fair way. But speaking of things not being fair. Jeff Driscoll threw the ball 46 times against the Chicago Bears. One thing I think I know about this game is that Driscoll's going to throw the ball less than 46 times. <laughs> bold. Which I bold. which I think is which I think is kind of bold though, like in actuality because I do foresee him maybe even throwing it less than 30 times because this while this could be a game that gets out of hand really quick and Driscoll might have to throw the ball in theory a bunch. I think the Lions are really going to try to bleed this clock. Like mm-hmm. they want a game that ends like 13 to 10. Cause I don't think they want to get into a shootout with the Dallas Cowboys. So no, they definitely don't. Yeah. Okay. Oh, you know what? I wasn't with you at the beginning, but you, you won me over. Good, good you know, explanation there. You, you know, I'm really bad at bold predictions. This is, this segment is one thing I think I know. <laughs> yes. It's, it's supposed to be the opposite of yeah. a bold prediction, but you know, it's always nice to go a little bold. Dave, what's the one thing you think you know about Lions Cowboys? Be bold or Jeremy well, love you. <laughs> I think I know that the Cowboys are not going to tell Tavon Austin to fair catch a punt at the end of the game where he's got a wide open lane to score a miracle touchdown to save the game. That's one thing that's definitely not happening this week. But uh, it really, uh, I'll say this. I think the Cowboys are going to get back on track this game because the, the general thing with Jason Garrett's teams are they usually don't play that well until their backs are against the wall, until like it's like, oh, my God, we've got to save the season. And then they tend to do better when that happens. So I think that the Cowboys are actually going to come out and play a really good game offensively, and I'm going to go back to say that last week, Zeke was very, personally probably was very upset about his production. It wasn't all his fault, but he's just going to take that personally. So I do think that he's going to have a huge game. And the one thing I think I know, I actually didn't come in with one off the top of my head, and then Dave said something interesting a, a couple minutes ago about the over-aggressiveness of the, the Cowboys' defense. So the one thing I think I know about this matchup is that we're going to see another trick play out of the Lions' offense. That's something that Daryl Bevel has, has already done a few times in this game. Um, they're going to need to, to score points in this game, so they're going to have to get a little desperate. They're going to have to get a little creative. So I think we're going to see a successful trick play in this game that's not going to be a flea flicker because flea flickers don't work. But it's gonna it's gonna get some ooze. It's gonna get some odds. It's gonna keep the lines in the game for a little bit, and it's gonna be probably the one positive lines highlight of this entire game. <laughs> uh, I'm, gonna, uh, so I'm gonna I'm, I'm gonna say real I'm gonna say real quick, Dave. The one thing, <laughs> the one thing that you brought up that was really like a frightening thought in some place my brain couldn't even imagine was Jeff Driscoll led Detroit Lions team putting the Cowboys' backs against the wall in any scenario or situation. No, no. I mean, our season has put our backs against the wall. <laughs> yeah, the only way the Cowboys lose this game, Dave, is if they beat themselves. And it sounds like they're oh, capable of doing hate. that. <laughs> the Jets, they're more than capable of doing it, right? Jets game. So I mean, look, we struggled with the Giants until the Black Cat came on the field, and then everything changed. <laughs> 
So, so let me get this straight. The Lions are rooting for the Cowboys this week to beat themselves. That's, yeah, those are our best hopes. Okay, all right. You want the Cowboys to pull one of their bonehead, bonehead. It's either players or the coaches. You never would know which one's going to do it, but that's what you're rooting for. We need the Cowboys to go one and one this week. Beat themselves, but lose to the Lions. Got it. Um, okay. All right. Dave. That's good. There you go. There's your lead article for tomorrow. There we go. Yeah. Dave, uh, thanks for joining us tonight. Quickly, uh, tell us where people can find your stuff, uh, both on and, and what specific stuff they can expect this week from, uh, from Blogging the Boys. Well, you know, Blogging the Boys. Basically, you find us anywhere. Bloggingtheboys.com. At blogging the boys, you know, blogging the boys on Facebook. We're just, you know, that's where you find us. Just all of those places under blogging the boys, and you know, we do pretty standard stuff. We're gonna look at your team a little bit. We'll, you know, do a little analysis on what we see over there. We'll talk about, you know, we're still kind of a little bit in shock over this Vikings game mm-hmm. and how we blew it at the end. So there's a lot of talk about our coaches and our coaching staff and whether Jason Garrett's on his last leg hey, and Dallas. Too. So there's a there's going to be a lot of that stuff okay. going on. <laughs> Sounds so, good, Dave. Go. Uh, I appreciate you joining us, Ryan. Uh, I appreciate you joining us. I hope you pull out of your your Radiohead slump at some point because <laughs> things things seem to be a little down with you right now, and I want to give you a little hug right now, but I can't. Soundtrack to the season's getting a little dark, isn't it? It is getting very dark. We we're gonna have to put like black streaks in our hair, get some eyeliner by by week sixteen. Maybe a lip ring or two. Yeah, Hot Topic is we're just gonna be sponsored by Hot Topic by by December. I'll shill I'll shill I'll shill for anything. With the way that ESPN shilling for Disney Plus, I am not above shilling for Hot Topic if it's gonna bring in bucks. <laughs> <laughs> all right thank you all for listening appreciate you again i always give you a reminder here but i'm going to do it again 8 p.m eastern time we're going to be doing our live twitch show post game show sunday night uh breaking everything down that happens in lions cowboys and probably talking a little bit more since we we have to start thinking about long-term stuff so make sure you're joining us then uh, but until then y'all stay lovely i don't know i don't have an exit thing what do i what am i supposed to say ryan I don't know, but this is perfect because you're channeling the adequate host that we are missing right now. So he's missed he's missed two podcasts in a row. So his ghost is haunting you, I think, right now. I don't want to take his see a star side thing. I I want my own thing. (laughs) See a Bayside High School. There's always next year. (laughs) Oh, that was that was your perpetual (laughs) signing off line. I'd love that, Jeremy. Good night. Support for this show comes from Fundrise. 
Buy low, sell high. It's easy to say, hard to do. For example, high interest rates are crushing the real estate market right now. Demand is dropping and prices are falling, even for many of the best assets. It's no wonder the Fundrise flagship fund plans to go on a buying spree, expanding its billion-dollar real estate portfolio over the next few months. You can add the Fundrise flagship fund to your portfolio in just minutes and with as little as $10 by visiting fundrise.com fox. Carefully consider the investment objectives, risks, charges, and expenses of the Fundrise flagship fund before investing. This and other information can be found in the fund's prospectus at fundrise.com flagship. This is a paid advertisement. Support for this show comes from Wix Studio. Designers and devs, you might be able to do your thing better on Wix Studio, a web platform with everything you need to deliver bespoke sites hyper-efficiently. Design teams get a ton of smart features that can take the grind out of web creation without it costing per-pixel control. Dev teams, you get a zero-setup, developer-first environment, combined with an AI code assistant and your preferred IDE for rapid deployment. Search Wix Studio today to explore the full range of features.